Hello, podcast listeners. In the great words of Buffy Wilson, a.k.a. Kip from Bosom Buddies, Sunny, 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 sunny. <laughs> you are listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, and I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I, I love Coca. <laughs> and with me, as always, is my co-host, Daniel Barnes. Film critic, Daniel Barnes. Yeah, don't forget that. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dare Daniel colon cage match. Yeah, we're doing something a little different on the show these days. Instead of doing our usual, you know, unrelated movie every week, we're now devoting an entire series of episodes to a single subject. Do we regret that two episodes in? Yes, we do. Th- absolutely. 100%. So a new format change coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> We are doing short seasons in this new era of Dare Daniel Podcast, maybe five, ten episodes per season focused on one performer or one director or maybe even a genre, whatever we pick. We think it's going to be a fun way to keep the show fresh while allowing us to go deeper and deeper in these dives. And on this first deep dive, we're going after one of our white whales, the incomparable Nicolas Cage. We started two weeks ago with Vampire's Kiss. And unturred, uh, we are going to keep going. Uh, in the coming weeks, we'll continue to explore the terrifying nooks and disturbing crannies of Nicolas Cage, all for your sick and twisted amusement. You said turd. Don't think I'm going to let that go. Counts. Ding, ding. It's on the phone. <laughs> As Dan said, we are doing Nick Cage in this season of Dare Daniel Podcast Cage Match. But this week, this week we're reviewing the 2002 film Sunny. Nick Cage's lone effort as a director, but don't worry, he also makes a cameo as a pimp named Acid Yellow. The IMDb synopsis for Sonny, an honorably discharged soldier, returns home to New Orleans, hoping to break away from his upbringing as a trained prostitute, but his brothel madam mother has other expectations. Trained prostitute. Not self-made like some of no, us. So. Not the Horatio yeah. Alger of prostitutes. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, probably had like a internship or something like Total that you know was getting baby. college credits and high it's unbelievable yeah these it's felicity so huffman trying to get it into nepo uh, sex worker <laughs> college yes this week's film is sunny it's directed by nicholas cage and featuring nicholas cage in his 40 plus years in the public eye this is the only film that cage ever directed shorts or features as far as i can tell of course he comes from a large family of filmmakers francis ford coppola he made I'm forgetting, but like a couple of things. And of course, there's Sofia Coppola. Roman Coppola has collaborated on several Wes Anderson films as well as his own. Christopher Coppola directed Cage and Deadfall. So it's natural that Cage is like, hey, what about me? What about old Nicky? I want my day in the director's chair. And so here we are. It's sunny. Cage is calling in all his favors. We've got got a, a real cast for this barely a movie movie. Stars James Franco, which, I mean, I guess, what is this, 2005? Yeah, so this is well before Franco's a star, yeah. star, but the Spider-Man movies were already out at this point. So he was known. Uh, also features Brenda Blethyn, Harry Dean Stanton, Mena Suvari, Seymour Cassell, Brenda Vaccaro, and like we mentioned, Cage himself as Acid Yellow. Movie set in New Orleans, a city to which Cage has strong ties, and maybe we can talk about it, but... <laughs> We mentioned on the mini episode that he tried to buy the most haunted house in America. Uh, that was in New Orleans. And so he has very, he's, he's lived in New Orleans. He has a lot of interest in New Orleans. I can't tell if he likes New Orleans. <laughs> he doesn't rep it well. <laughs> he really does not. And not just in the sense that it's sleazy, but in the sense that everyone's a complete fucking asshole. Like wherever they go, everyone's an asshole. No good people. Right. Basically no information whatsoever on the making of this movie. Like, literally nothing. Uh, 22 on Rotten Tomatoes, 31 on Metacritic. Jack Matthews of the Daily News summed up the critical consensus when he wrote that Sonny, quote, shows what can happen when a bunch of good actors get together without adult supervision. And, quote, Sonny was a total non-starter at the box office, too. Budget of $4 million. That's not unbelievable. Nicholas Cage, who could probably have paid for that $4 million himself, just can wrangle up $4 million because yeah. he just decides he wants to make a home movie <laughs> <laughs> with, with Harry Dean Stanton and Brendan Blethyn. Unbelievable. Gross $30,000 domestic. Crazy. A little over one hundred. Did, did better, actually, overseas in some countries where I guess Cage is very popular. $132,000. Corky. Critics hated it. Audiences ignored it. And now... You've seen it. You know, back in 1955, the great actor Charles Lawton 
who had a lot of experience directing plays. He made his one feature film, and it was The Night of the Hunter. It was not successful at its time. It was kind of critically lambasted. And now it's considered one of the greatest movies ever made. It's certainly one of my favorite movies. And that was Charles Lawton's only movie. That was his only one, and he just fucking nailed it and died. Of, you know, walk oh, so First cool. at bat, walk off, grand slam. Right? So, no, that, it was just Roy Hobbs. Yeah, never comes yeah, back again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> now after seeing Nick Cage's lone directorial effort, are you disappointed we haven't seen more of Nick Cage the auteur and is Sonny his The Night of the Hunter? Mm, okay, well... Two things I would say that I am disappointed in, in that the person who went back in time to listen to the episode from four weeks ago that stepped on the Stegosaurus didn't alter time so that our eyes all didn't develop we and we never had to sit through and endure something like Sonny. And I wow, wish yeah. that this Sonny uh, was more like a Francis Ford Coppola Sonny in that mm. it got taken out to the toll booth and eradicated. <laughs> Yes. So oh. that's my wish. Oh, this awesome. was a terrible movie. How did you feel about it, oh, Dan? Boy. No, I mean, endure. You you said it. It's an endurance test. It was really, really rough. It's 110 minutes. And it's just like, boy, you really couldn't have cut a frame of that, right? Oh, like, my God. so pure and beautiful. There's nothing but stuff to cut here. It's, you know, any movie, any art form really is is the product of a series of decisions mm-hmm. is the way I see it, right? Every step of the product, and filmmaking is so great because it brings together all the art forms, right? So this is such a rich thing. All hopefully adding up to something singular, but all through this process, everyone's making decisions, large decisions, small decisions. Directing is all a series of decisions. Writing is, acting is, editing, music, all of it, right? And we've talked about Cage the actor and how he makes very strange and unexpected decisions. Decisions that often just feel like complete non sequiturs. Sure. They're not flowing out of like some kind of sequence of logic. They're not grounded in honesty or reality. They're big, bold decisions made for reasons that we, as mere mortals, can never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A- and if we knew, it would our brains would explode. Okay? We only have this one film, but Cage as a director makes as many baffling decisions as cage the actor everything in this movie how he presents these characters all the decisions regarding camera placement and camera movement editing the direction of the actors none of it really makes any kind of lick of sense there's a lot of big bold decisions Mm -hmm. not saying there aren't but there none of them are good decisions and it's a hell of a lot less fun to see a director just fucking around making bad decisions than it is an actor especially when the director is as limited in his talent as Nick Cage is. That's a, Cage is a fine actor, yeah. but boy, you're right. Terrible, terrible movie. That's a great point about decisions as an <clears throat> actor. It's like, okay, that's one character doing one thing. And and even in this movie, when I knew he was coming, it was the one moment of this movie where I was excited for. And I and I mm-hmm. got like enjoyment out of the movie. It was the one moment. But him behind the camera mm. no making those decisions some scenes turn go to slow mo uh some scenes look like they have vaseline on the lens mm-hmm. tight up on people's faces oh, the, those close-ups yeah you can make movies about ugly people doing ugly mm-hmm. things living ugly lives and make it interesting and and keep my attention you could do that that's fascinating to me if you if you tell a story this tells no interesting story at all oh, no. there's no stakes it desperately wants it but they just don't exist man it really feels like cage made this movie just cuz he felt he needed to make a movie you know what i mean like there's nothing that really like connects or or it doesn't exude anything all these scenes just kind of go by no beginning no middle or end it can be like light on story or all these other kind of things, but be interesting, be rich with character. I mean, this is nothing. No. Every scene feels like an exercise. Yeah. Every scene is just a rehash of like, will I stay in this life? Will I leave this life? Am I oh. happy with this life? No, but I can't leave this life. It's that conversation a million times over. Which which is the conversation that begins in like the first shot of this movie, right to the last shot. Yeah. And, and what decision is made? Like, Spoiler alert, nothing. <laughs> That's the whole movie. Nothing happens. And I mean, again, 
not a lot has to happen for a movie to be great. Like the mother and, and John Eustace's the mother and the whore. Like it's mostly just people sitting in a bedroom talking or sitting in a cafe talking, but it's fascinating. Uh-huh. It's fascinating because it's rich and the characters are rich and it, it's interesting what they're talking about and their world is interesting. This is just not interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just people talking. All right. Now, for more people talking. Buckle up. Listen to us talk about this movie about people talking. Opposite of Sonny, buckle up. Do not unbuckle because that's how he makes his living. <laughs> right? All right. Where are we? New Orleans, 1981. Why? Why is it 1981? Why 1981? Does that come any? Nope. Doesn't. <laughs> Be- Close up. <laughs> and <he's- laughs> like, this is where we're starting. We're from. starting in 1981 New Orleans and we're watching James Franco watch down the center of a street, apparently Bourbon Street area. Bourbon Street. Right? Yeah. And he's in full you know, serviceman gear. I, I, mm-hmm. He's in army or something like that. And it was just yeah. like, of all times in America to be joining the service, it seems like that is like the nothing time. Right? You know? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's post Vietnam. Wh- like he got out just before Grenada. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's like woo, woo. And he's twenty six, yeah, which seemed I don't avoided that um, miasma. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. What the fuck? And it's it's very notable. I think that he he's made to look kind of cage like. Yeah, uh, the hair especially is done in a kind of cagey sort of pompadour. He's kind of long and lean, like a young cage, and. You know, what else does he do like Cage? He freaks out. Like oh, yeah. Cage, man, as, we're, as we will see. So right here, he's just walking down Bourbon Street. He's kind of taking this. It's a, it's the morning, right, on Bourbon yeah. Street, which is, you know, you associate Bourbon Street with ribaldry and revelry at night. Yeah. But it's the day. It's morning. Uh, and he's walking around. He's kind of observing all the seediness that's going on. Kids who are sneaking peeks at dancers, women dancing on the bar. And he arrives, and he's he's clearly nervous about something. He's returned home. This is his homecoming. He's the soldier who's been away. He's a nervousman, serviceman. <laughs> and he knocks on the door, and who comes out? His brassy mom, Jewel, played by Brenda Blethen. No. And Corky. She, yeah. Her performance simply took my Blethen. <laughs> Wordplay, but seriously, she is Fifty Shades of Full Tilt Boogie fucking terrible. She is a cartoon character. She is never not in her uh, house coat and negligee and teddy. Uh, Quirky. Is she brassy? Is she a little brassy? She is like Foghorn Leghorn meets Catherine Hepburn. I didn't know you was coming back. Oh my god, yes. Jesus. The things she does with her voice and her accent are even crazier than what Cage does in Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, and it's nonstop. And it's just, it's it's going in all sorts of different like avenues and alleyways of like various accents and non-accents and combinations of accents. It's stunning work and it was excruciating. She calls someone Absolutely a, a goyle. She's a goyle. <laughs> that's the thing like right she keeps doing that she keeps doing that oh, oh wow. honey i thought you'd be here at three o'clock <laughs> it's yeah right no you're right it's it's foghorn leghorn meets the mom from the glass <laughs> it's, it's, it's like crazy crazy shit yeah she's loud she's brassy she's a flibber to gibbet she's got this crazy accent and it's clear very early that this hilarious character Amoral is a madam is a madam who has whored out her only child, Sonny, since he was a, a child, yeah. like a literal child, yep. like a child child. And it's just like this is like what's so I don't mean this movie, like why does it exist? It's just presented as like a thing that Sonny like needs to overcome. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's some fucking ordinary people type shit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Sonny, come on, like just understand yeah. and like figure out your place in the fucking world and like get over your shit like what the fuck and mom immediately wants Sonny like right back on the streets and she brags about him he was the best who ever was i trained him myself (laughs) and like i mean we don't have to talk about it again but like it is disturbing to like probe some of these themes especially given like the characters many similarities to cage physical similarities behavioral similarities 
all of these like allusions to Cage movies and stuff, and the fact that, like there seems to be this thing about Cage, the performer, uh-huh. and you know, uh, Sonny, the the amazing prostitute, you know, versus Cage, the award winning actor. There's all these, and it's just like, what the f? Like what? Yeah. Like what the? Who is the jewel in his life? You know I mean? <laughs> is it like all women? Like what? What? It's just like I. It, that's the last we have to talk about it. Mom tells him that she's also got this new Goyle, Care Oil. Uh, <laughs> she says she's just a moneymaker. She is, you gotta see her. She's taught her everything. And then she wants Sonny to now teach Carol his ways. Yeah. It <laughs> he, but he says, I don't want to do that kind of work anymore, which, I, I, again, this is like the central conflict. You think this is the central conflict of the film, right? Is Sonny struggling to to make a square life for himself, make a life in the square world away from Bourbon Street, away from whoring, away from... He's done presumably four years in the military, and I'm assuming not doing sex work while he's in the military. Just assuming. You would think. So he's you been living in the square world for a bit. Right? Yeah. When we talk about the mo- stuff you can cut. There's a real riveting walk into his room, pour himself a drink, lay on a bed, look at the wall scene. <laughs> There's a shot of him later where he's just like reading a book. He'll just be like reading a book. It's like, ooh, Sonny's getting his life together. You know, like it's just like, like he just, uh, fucking, fuck this <laughs> fucking movie. All right. So Carol's Carol's like, hey, oh, ring a ding ding, yeah. Sonny. Sonny, because again, Sonny is a legendary fuck. Right. Sonny, Sonny is a fucking Dirk Diggler. He, yeah. You know, and he's a, James a, Franco a, a at 26. He's, he's a handsome man. And he's, yeah. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful young man. Um, so Carol's just like, hey, oh. So Carol, like, actually gives a blowjob to a car dealer and then gives the car and some money to Sonny. Right. And is like, now give me some sex. And again, Sonny's the best. Oh my God, Sonny's the best. And you know, it's just like, you feel like there's a little kind of like, again, because of all the, the similarities between Cage and Sonny, you just like, you really, really, really <laughs> do. Because like every woman is just like, you have a magic cock. Like, yeah. Your cock is fucking magic. Every time like he's near them, they just are quivering. Every time he puts it in them, they're just like, their eyes just like go crazy. I mean, it's just, yeah. So <laughs> he, uh, even the prostitute pays to have yeah, sex with Sonny. Yeah. I mean, again, this is just, here we go. Um, and she's, she even says right away, she's like, now I know why your mother calls you a natural born whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like unbelievable. All right. Hello, Harry Dean Stanton. As Henry, the father figure with a, an incredibly obvious secret. And I know it's, yeah, I know. It, I know it's Harry Dean Stanton. And he doesn't have to do much to not be Harry Dean Stanton, but he was like the only performance in this movie I was I was into. He's like he's that's way too good for this movie. No, that's the thing. Is like I I bet he was like okay. I'm not gonna like go. Fu- I'm gonna like dial it down. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm gonna blow everybody off the screen, <laughs> and he he still blows everybody exactly. off the screen. No, it's the only he can't help being uh, good. Yeah. He can't help it. He didn't mean to. <laughs> like, it's Whoops. just like it's what he does. It's just what he does. He comes on and he is a very compelling person, even in this like absolutely nothing role with no good dialogue. And, and he's he, good. He's he has about twenty speeches of where he talks about how well he's a failure, and that's <laughs> fucking. He nails all of them, right? Even though the speeches are terrible. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Sonny's out getting his clothes on. There's this really awkward meeting. He's again, he's kind of he's inquiring about a job at the store, but then who pops in? Some ex Janes, right? Some of his ex clients are in the store, and this well, one of his yeah. ex clients and her friend, and this woman is just like just drooling on the floor of this like <laughs> upscale. You talk store. about how he's so great that women cannot help him. She forgets she has a husband because of this guy, right? Yeah. She tells her friend, oh, this is the guy I told you about. Like, okay, so when she had no idea he's back in town, he couldn't have been in town for about four years. When did she tell her friend about this guy? She's like, oh, he's the one I told you about. Instantly, her friend's like, oh my God, gotta come have drinks with us. Oh my God. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's <laughs> And it's all in front of the guy. Sonny just asked for a job, and the guy's like, "Oh, he's like, no, oh, I can't have a fucking, you know, I can't have you being pimp yourself out can't of have here, a whore, yeah. here, right? Like he knows he's a whore. He's famously a whore. But the guy's so 
tactlessly does it for for a guy whose business is sales. He's like, no, I don't think I have any job openings now or ever for you. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Is that like everyone's so fucking terrible? Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, just like a guy at a clothing store is terrible. The waiter at the restaurant is terrible. People they meet on the street are terrible. Everyone's terrible. Like, do you really like this? <laughs> you hate it? Or are you just like? Are you obsessed with it? Are you trapped by it? Like, what are you trying to say here? Anyway. Um, okay, back at home, and now Jewel kind of uh, goes Madam Grizzly on Carol. Yeah. She's like, you get near my son. I'll have you cut and thrown out in the streets for the winos. And she forces Carol to go down to the jail because Henry's been arrested for shoplifting. Go give a BJ to get Henry out of jail. Basically just to, like, humiliate her and, you know, to kind of reinforce to Sonny that this is just a yeah. And this is where she delivers the lines or the quotes. Tree years, tree years. You're the goyle. You gotta go to the the bondsman. <laughs> What's crazy is that we're like a we're okay. So in just like your classic three act structure of a which almost every movie pretty much follows your 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 general three act structure. Even non narrative movies follow the structure. We're about at the end of Act One here. Yeah. We're, I'm still waiting for a reason to care about any anything. Of this. I'm still waiting. What is what is the story? What is the journey? I'm thinking at this point. Okay, it's the journey about Sonny, and he's going to go and try to make it in the straight world away from this world. This is what you think, but it's like what the like. You're still just like what's happening at this point. The movie should have really defined itself and what it's all about. Not so much. Uh, Henry and Sonny have, uh, you know, again, another one of their kind of heart-to-hearts where Harry Dean Stanton can't help but be really, really good. Um, and he, he he tells them, face face the fact that this is all there is. Yeah. But this is the other thing about Henry. is like, depending on the scene, he's either telling him, face the fact that this is all there is, or this isn't all there is. Yeah. Go out and get more <laughs> than this, right? So, like, in this scene, he's like, face the fact that's all there is. And then Sonny's like, I don't want to get old and have nothing to show for it. And then Harry's Henry Henry's like, yeah, good. <laughs> Don't face the fact that this is all like what Henry? Come on, stay on message. Man. It just dawned on me too. <laughs> Harry Dean was so checked out there. Like, all right, your name's Henry. Uh, that you don't have to remember any other name. <laughs> so make it really close to my name. Yeah, and I mean this is like a nice enough scene, but it's yeah. just, like there's nothing to it. There's just nothing there. I mean, again, it's all. It's obviously there's a big secret. It's a very obvious what the big secret is. There's no reason for it to be a big secret. And as we find out when the big secrets are real, yeah, there really was no reason. Right. And they even tried to explain it, and there's no actual real good explanation. Anyway. There's on. a scene where Sonny's reading books, and his mom starts screaming at him about reading books because <laughs> he never read. And I was actually Why with the, the mom's books? side on this one. I'm like, after hearing yeah. Sonny talk a few times and share his thoughts on things, there's no way he's understanding that book. Yeah. Hawthorne is no, no, way no. above his pay grade. Yeah. It's like his friend gives him kombu. <laughs> <laughs> He calls it Camus. Like, start start slow. Start with Cat in the Hat and then move up to Camus. Okay, so he's driving down to see his friend. Uh, so this is, okay, so this is like the end of Act 1, kind of. So it's like, all right, here we go. We've, we've concluded this portion of the movie. We're moving on. Uh, he's going to go try to make it. So it's this, like, driving scene. It's such a rush. It's such a, like, they bought some, yeah. some music rights, you know. They have David Bowie as plays later, and he goes and meets his old army buddy Scott Con. Mm-hmm. Scott Con, but son of Sonny, job? son of Sonny. Oh my god, <laughs> holy shit! But yeah, now I realize he is calling in favors. Like his uncle worked with James Con, right? They yes. both grew up in Hollywood. Uh, no job though. So this guy promised him a job selling books. This is why the sudden interest in books. No job though. <laughs> Imagine uh, Sonny trying to sell you a book. Oh, my God. Well, it, it's is, got, like... It's real good. It's got pages. And pages there's words, and then you use those words, words to look at... I'm trying to have a better life. <laughs> um, so no job, as it turns out. Uh-oh, switcheroo. But instead, he's like, how about a date? Like, I, I'm, I'm going out with this girl. She's got a sister. I'm going to set you up on a date. And Sonny is like, I've never been on a real date. And Scott Kahn and like the girls that they go out with, kind of they they mistake Sonny's like aw shucks routine for being like virginal, you know, being inexperienced or maybe even gay. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
um, not realizing that he's <laughs> you know the Johnny Wad of fucking girls. right, not realizing that he's just. <laughs> Hasn't been, hasn't done this. He's never been on a date. <laughs> yes. He's just been on a date where people paid him to His lie. name of, his version of a date is very different. <laughs> yes. Um, but this. So they have like a standard kind of. Yeah. Date. They walk, they go, they pick him up at church. Pick him up at church. As you do. They walk along. They have a very old fashioned. And I'm just, they go to see uh, Chariots of Fire. Yes. Because it's 1981. 1981. Right. <laughs> then they go to a malt shop. <laughs> Where Mr. Weatherby's slinging all the uh, ice creams to the kids. But at this point, I was like, wait, hold on. There's a part where he blows on his ice cream. And they oh. tease him about it. I'm like, wait, so is he like not, is he developmentally like, disabled? Right. Yeah. Because that's just ridiculous. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. But the, what all, I mean, all of it is just what the fucking what. And it gets even more what the what, as we, as we'll find out. Um, so again, so they go back to the house, uh, Scott Conn and his girl immediately just start going at it on the couch. Oh, and uh, there's no pains made to find 1981 locations. This house is so 2000s. Oh yeah. 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 It's, no. yeah. The 4 million bought, uh, you know, <laughs> bought David Bowie <laughs> and Rush, but it wasn't going to buy a, a 1980s, uh, 80s set. So, um, you know, again, she kind of points out this like awkwardness, of him and he he kind of shyly says well i'm going through a transition thing um which she's just like whoa that makes her melt so she makes her move again she's thinking like oh i'm i'm like you know uh, he's like he's doing tony curtis to marilyn monroe and some like it hot and she's just like trying to like oh i don't know I, women just don't turn me on it's like oh well what's <laughs> what about this um so del- she goes right at yeah. him and they and Next shot is her just like, ah. and of course, it's the best sex ever. And she actually says to him, you should do that for a living. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> like, you're so good at fucking, you should be a prostitute. Like, thanks. This girl was at church eight hours before. <laughs> right. And now she's telling this guy to be a male whore. And he says, I do. And she laughs at first thinking he's joking. She's like, only women are whores. And there's this <laughs> scene where it's like he's t- he's bearing her heart, his heart, you yeah. know, telling him all this stuff. And she seems to get weirded out like, oh, my God, I just slept with a, with a whore. Yeah. I thought I was, you know, I, I feel like what happened. And so she runs off. But she just runs into the bathroom to chug cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the? To which Sonny freaks the fuck out and smashes up the bet the whole bathroom this is like one of many smashing up the room yeah. scenes um from sunny here well she's screaming like my medicine my medicine he's breaking my medicine everybody's naked and, and everyone's naked and and james franco is smashing all the bottles he can find because he finds more yeah. bottles he he's smashing throws his poor actress down on the floor in amidst all that yeah him and Scott Cotton get in a naked yelling argument. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, I still don't give a shit about any of this. This is yelling is not drama. No, I mean, yeah, it's like, come on, go big, go big, yell a lot. But like, what is what? Like, why is any of this happening? And what does it mean? And, and none of it just none of it's anything. Again, it just feels like it, make, okay, it makes no sense. Scene, like like an acting class. He you fe- know? Like, let's just get a scene on its feet. And let's see what happens. He's supposed you know? to be betrayed by the straight world because there's drugs, people doing drugs. Because so they're no better. They're no better than him. Dude, and they always acted like they were better than him. Yeah. Like, really? That's the journey? Like, isn't the journey like your mom whored you out since you were 12? And like, but he he makes it all like, oh, you're no better than me. And then he starts screaming, I'm better than all you. I'm better than all you. You want me out of here? I'm out of here. And he runs back to his life as a Bourbon Street man whore. It, 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 it's like the movie opened with him returning from the army just to do it. This the logical progression of this character. There would be four years of him kind of experiencing the world outside what he always knew. And I'm not saying he'd be fixed, but I'm saying he'd be aware of things. He would know not to blow on ice fucking cream, right? He would know that there are actually some very good people out there who would not hurt him. He know what ice cream is anyway. <laughs> that's like a common theme yeah that's i mean really that's never come up in your whole life yeah but again we're like now 40 of 110 minutes into this movie 
And at this point, it's like, again, what's the story? What's the story of this movie? I, I thought the story was going to be Sonny tries to make it in the straight world. That story is now over. Yeah, done. There's an hour to go in this movie. Over an hour. That is a bleak place to be, my friend. Take it from me. This is where the endurance test came in because you're like, holy fuck. Like, what? Yeah. What? We're right back here on Bourbon Street now? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Seriously? We didn't need any of that. None of that was anything. And now it's like, oh, no, and no, we're not heading into like the third act. We're like just barely getting started here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we'll try to make this fast, people. Okay, he returns home. And of course, Jewel breaks down. When he returns and cries, I need you. You're the only thing I got to show for my life. She's curled up on his chest, crying, sobbing, <laughs> heaving into him. Smash cut to him just absolutely railing Brenda Vaccaro in bed. And I think it was intentional. And that's like the one choice I was like, okay, I get what you're doing here. I, I see the move and I, Midnight Cowboy. I acknowledge it. Midnight Cowboy, right? What? No, oh, I was gonna say. Oh, what's the what's the move? That that his mom he can't console his mom and and be loving towards his mom. But the the very next thing he does is goes and rails a woman who very much looks like his mom. Oh, okay, I see. I thought you were meant the illusion of Midnight Cowboy because Brenda Vaccaro no. was was one of Joe Buck's um, <laughs> women, and here she is again. Just can't can't quit the male prostitutes. <laughs> Uh, I've, I, anyway. It's been 40 years since I've seen Midnight Cowboy. Oh, great. That was movie. seven. Seven? Me up. Wow. I didn't quite understand it. Really? No, I was, I was like 17. <laughs> I still didn't understand it, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Sonny's right back yeah. at it, right? He's right back in the life. He's, he's wearing himself again. And she stiffs him on the bill. But he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, give me some, you know, tell your lady friends. And again, he's he's in this kind of like young Elvisy sort of getup, which again is like you know how many Elvis illusions in Nicolas Cage movies, and there's just all these kind of echoes of of other Nicolas Cage movies and and looks and scenes and things like that. Um, so he goes to pick up a cop uniform from Henry, who now is trying to give him a pep talk mm-hmm. and be like, "You don't have to go and be a fake cop and go." Bang You're son. better than this. There's more. You're better than more this. to life. And <laughs> so the scenes is fucked up. So he plays. He um, he he. Sonny's Sonny at this point, and this is like why this movie is so unfascinating. So again, we're 40 minutes in. Sonny is now convinced that there's like nothing else, yep. right? And like nothing unconvinces him for the rest of the movie. Spoiler alerts. It's like okay, great, great fucking character journey. <laughs> Like, okay, so there's one rise and then a fall, and then it's just flatlined <laughs> for, for like a fucking hour and a half. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, he plays out this like cop fantasy yeah. uh, with this woman. He, he's, oh, there's Prowler in the area, and oh, my husband's away. And he handcuffs her to the bed, and they're making love. And at one point, she says, The stick. Yeah. Use the stick. And he takes his nightstick out and kind of rubs it down there. And there's this shot where it suddenly goes to slow-mo. <laughs> yes. And he turns his head away and it zooms in on this look of utter disgust. This, I mean, just like utter like. Ugh. And it, it ends with this like. Just like echoey wail. Yeah, like, anguish. Kind of when she said oh, stick, use a stick, I would have, I fucking would have loved it if he would have pulled out a copy of the 1987 Burt Reynolds film Stick. <laughs> just started railing her that, with the hey, DVD. That turns women on. <laughs> oh, just put it in. Just yeah, put it in. Malone, it really Stick, any of the Burt Reynolds classics. Oh, yeah. Heat. Heat. Uh, Cit- Gator. City Heat. <laughs> what, uh, Sharky's Machine. Oh, please. Oh, don't don't bust out the you know. machine. That's that's a Valentine's Day thing. All right. Um so once again she tries to stiff yeah. him in the aftermath. And so what does he do? He does his sunny move. He tears the room She's apart. Tears shit up. it apart. Tears it apart. She's like, Oh, fine. She she had the money the whole time. She pulls out, she goes, There, whore, take your money and go. So he takes his money, goes back to the car, and what happens? He freaks out. Yeah. 
And there's another very Nick Cagey freak out, banging the seats of the car. Wow, 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 wow. All right, so now he's going to go pick up Carol. Carol, this whole time, for this whole like kind of last half hour or so of the movie, has been in Pontchartrain, hoeing it up in Pontchartrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes to pick her up. You know, they have their little reunion. They were kind of getting together. I mean, they the second they together. met, they were like husband and wife. It was like it, it, Ozzy and it Harriet. Was like, okay, here's the guy and here's the one girl in this whole movie. You know, so. Um. In this scene again, I was talking about those echoes. They they really do kind of look like a, a pretty pale imitation of Sailor and Lula from Wild at Heart. Oh, okay. Uh, he's just all done up very Elvis style. She's done up really looking like Patricia Arquette. I was thinking Alabama. Anything to it? Oh, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. To this and I mean, there's a scene later where he plays Acid Yellow that really, I was like, Oh shit, this is Drexel yes, Spivey too. Exactly. But then it's also the Alfred Molina scene from Boogie Nights. So whatever, we'll get to it. Uh Seymour Cassell is in this movie. Moving on. <laughs> uh Jewel and Henry. Woo, Jewel and Henry have it eye out. They have it eye out. So they have this fight. Okay, they finally come to a place. It's like, all right, I'm gonna take you out to dinner and then you're gonna give me sex. And then the next scene they're at Antoine's restaurant. I was like, wow, we're just sticking with this. Like, this is so compelling yeah. that we're going to stick with the date. We've, like, we've the left, date. Which, like, what, the, like, what does this have to do with Sonny? Sonny's not doing like, anything anyway. No, Sonny's just hanging out reading. You know, he's reading a book. Like, what? What? Like, the movie, so even the movie was like, I just need to get away from Sonny for a little bit. Just, I, this yeah, guy's Sonny, boring. Really? Let's do anything else. Like, anything else but Sonny. So they go to the, the this snooty restaurant. And they're being real loud and brassy in the restaurant. And this really snooty waiter is like, oh, my God. She's taking off her shoes. Like, madam, you have to put your shoes back on. And she goes, but I've been eating with apples. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been eating with apples. (laughs) I, I ain't without my shoes on since I was a little girl. <laughs> she goes full oh child. <laughs> no, you can see her regress. I've been eating without my shoes on. <laughs> She's fucking Clifford all of a sudden. It's crazy. She's like, but I've been eating without my shoes on since I was just a little baby girl. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, time to move on. But again, like the the waiter is not just like, hey, like, would you mind putting your <laughs> shoes on? Like, there's actually this. Like, he's just like, you're basically born in a barn, whore. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is such a shit. He, he says something like, well, if we have to teach you how to eat indoors. With utensils and everything, uh, maybe you shouldn't eat here. It's not like he's just sitting there going, "Oh, well, you know, this is a developmentally disabled adult <laughs> who's just this is the thing they do." You just let that happen. No, oh he insults his clients, his customers. Oh my god, yes. Um, so Henry like kind of takes him out back and threatens him with a knife, and sticks his his butter knife up his yeah. nose. <laughs> And it's like, you know, I'm going to kill you if you don't apologize. So he goes out and apologizes. So, again, this is where I was like, does Cage love New Orleans, hate New Orleans? I thought he loved New Orleans because everyone is like, everyone's terrible for no reason. Uh, no matter either. the social class, no matter the occupation, everyone's No, awful. rich people, poor people, working class, middle class, everyone is Sex is the currency. Really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Sonny and Carol... They go to a party hosted by the friend of the of Brenda Vaccaro, yeah. the friend of the woman, the, the woman, other uh, woman in the cloister. Yes, and one for each, right? Um, so don't worry, we don't spend much time at the party. We spend a little more time at the after party. Time to fuck. Sonny's eye is cut for some reason. Like, did I miss a scene where he got in a fight or something? <laughs> did it happen in one of the busting everything open scenes? Like, did he actually cutting room floor? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Sonny goes to town with the wife on the kitchen floor. Carol was with the husband in the bedroom. And when it's all over, the kids rush in. Weird. Very weird. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, alert. This is the ostensible beginning of the third act if you're just going by running time, basically. But going by a narrative structure, um, what? Uh, the 38th act? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The Omega Act? I, I have no idea. Who knows? It's not on any fucking scale. All right, so now we have, we just start having all of these big climactic scenes all of a sudden. So, like, after the party, Carol and... Sonny kind of drive around. She wants to walk. He doesn't want to walk. She makes her get out. And they have this conversation that's like, do I make you happy? What is happy? I love you. <laughs> like, these, like, this is like the emotional heart of the movie. Uh-huh. And it starts, it starts raining and they literally like rush into a barn. Yeah, they go to have L- sex in a barn. <laughs> like in a barn, like on the hay. Like- but who's in there in the barn but a dog giving, uh, um, feeding her puppies? Yeah, which uh, to which this makes Carol Mina Savari's character start crying. Like she can't see a puppy feeding pu- or a dog feeding puppies without thinking of her own life. Not that she'll never have kids. Like right. that yeah. is the most facile A to B. It's just yeah, that's that's bad. So they go run outside and she like. Has this whole thing. She falls down in the mud yeah. and she starts crying because he doesn't want babies and or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just like, what? I didn't feel anything for any of this. No. Everyone's crying and screaming in the rain and the mud about their horrible eyes. I'm like, no, I don't, no, no, I don't, what is any of this? Like, none of this feels like anything. But she's screaming at him, Jewel didn't want you. You were an accident and you know it. So she gives some sort of version of this speech like every time we see her for the next like 20, 30 minutes. Of the and movie. apologizes and then gives it. And then yes. I did think uh, Sonny was quite the gentleman, though, because in the old timey days, men would throw their jackets over puddles for women. <laughs> Sonny just threw his whole suit <laughs> in the puddle for her. So, it just gets scene. boringer and this, boringer, man. Okay, this scene is just, this is, this is. This is some wild shit here. So Henry, Henry and Seymour Cassell, <laughs> they have their little ongoing gin rummy game. Henry never wins. Never. He's always, he, he never has cash. This is one of the things they were fighting about earlier, him and Jewel. He's never won a single game. All he does is just pay out, pay out, pay out to Seymour Cassell. He finally wins. He's like, oh my God. He's gloating about Things are going to start looking sucker. up for me now. It's Henry's day. <laughs> bye bye. Gets in his car, immediately hit by a truck. Car explodes into a fireball. Next shot, cemetery. No, 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 no. <laughs> truck comes, car blows up into a fireball. Next shot, Henry's hat sitting perfectly still on the pavement. <laughs> yes. Then next shot, cemetery. Symbolizing his death. <laughs> then we get to the, the hat somehow yeah. escaped the flames. The hat's like, I'm out of here. Or Henry no, was, he just, like, he was so happy about his win, he flung his hat. He just, time for a new hat. He just pulls out, like, he just turns the wheel, like, yeah. just like an inch. He hadn't left the and, parking and lot. The, a semi <laughs> plows right through him, and, like, flames are pouring out of Henry's window. What was he carrying in that It car? is triple X style of cars blowing up. It's crazy. Yeah. It is so insane. And that for that to, like, on was that supposed to be funny? I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm like, is that? That's the thing. It's like, okay, he died, right? Henry died. Henry was in their lives. I don't know if they loved Henry or not, but Henry was in their lives. We don't see them process any of that news or anything like that. It's just straight to the cemetery for his burial, which had to be, what, a week later? These people are not financially well off. No, but they have a nice big plot at the cemetery with a big old headstone and everything. So yeah. the whole purpose of that was just to kill that character. The whole purpose was to kill the character so that Jewel can finally reveal... The big secret that should have been blatantly obvious to all of us from scene yeah. one, Henry was Sonny's daddy. He was your daddy. He was your daddy. <laughs> when I was a little girl. <laughs> 30 years ago. I was a little girl. Tree. Why did that need to be a secret for over two decades? Yeah. And Hen- and <laughs> like Sonny's even like, why? Why was that? Why'd you keep that from me? He wouldn't let me, baby. He didn't want you to know your daddy was a loser. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? The man unabashedly talked about how much of a loser he was to Sonny every day. 
And also, the only thing, the only story we hear about Sonny's dad is that he fired a shotgun at a pimp, <laughs> almost murdering him. <laughs> yeah, but it scared him away. But he was fine with his wife. What? His... So definitely not a loser. It's like, no, actually, the other thing we know is that he just left. Yeah. He just left. Just left. Right. And then some years later, this other guy, roughly the age of his dad, roughly the same build, <laughs> Comes back into his life, acts as a father figure, but it's like, God damn it, Sonny, you dumb fucking, you dumb as a... I like to imagine Henry, like one day he left and he was he was Harry then. He comes back and he's like, I'm not Harry, I'm Henry. <laughs> I wear my hat on this side. <laughs> so, of course, what does Sonny do? He freaks out, wrecks the room, flips the table, storms off. Bah, goes, and gets, goes and gets viciously drunk along Bourbon Street. The, yeah, like as fast as he can. He has like uh like several boilermakers in a row. Yeah. Like boom, 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 boom. He's walking, he's getting wasted to David Bowie. It's again the music rights uh thing. The camera is doing uh, weird and this is all is oh. this shot on digital? It has Yeah, I think it, so. Yeah, it, it has like an a, early digital ugliness to it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's trying to go for it here, you know. Oh, it's really blurry because Sonny's drunk, so the hand <laughs> like those blurry. those films they showed us in fourth and fifth grade about drinking, oh, right? And and it yeah. gets cloudier and cloudier as the night goes on. That's like slow mo, fast mo, slow mo, fast mo. Oh, 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 oh. he goes and gets like a big long, <laughs> long drink. <laughs> 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 and it's walking down, and it's we're in the French Quarter now, right? So he's walking through the French Quarter. He's super fucking drunk. This is like, this is the New Orleans we know. Yeah. Like I said in the first scene, that's like, whoa, it's it's weird to see it in the morning like that. So this is like everyone's going crazy. There's performers on the street. There's, you know, drummers with, like, the makeup and everything like that. And finally, he arrives at this house. He bangs on the door. Bang, bang, bang. I want to talk to Acid Yellow. This, oh, okay. Let me go get Acid Yellow. This was the only time I was excited in this movie. I was like, oh, fuck, here's Nick Cage. Okay. Like, oh, finally. Something's going to happen. Finally. Movie's almost over, right? Unfortunately, like, we we used the blur <laughs> vision so much Cage barely is. Yeah, in this movie it's true. Because like you can't really. Even He's see. just got this bright canary yellow, like bad tux on, a prosthetic yeah, like a frilly, nose, frilly tux. Yeah. he looks like Barry Manilow and a banana, but mm-hmm. banana low. That's what he looks like. He's got big class, big glasses. He's got this sleazy mustache, and he is snorting coke <laughs> like there is no tomorrow. Not Barry man. Manilow, Liberace. That's who he looks like. Liberace, right? And a banana. Yes. Yes. So he's acid yellow. He's a gay pimp. He's got and he pimp pimps for the. He's gays. got someone who just hands him key bumps and he says the immortal line. <laughs> I love cocaine. <laughs> what? Wow. And he's, and, That's a choice. And he's saying right it like I, I, I love cocaine. Like it just kind of like comes out in spasms. <laughs> It's a little. Oh, it's harkening back a little to the Deadfall character, whose name I forget right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just he's going for it. He's going big. He's very theatrical. But I mean, he's like really good at this. Yeah. You know. I mean, this is this is what he does. So in a, in, a, in a little short kind of burst like this, this is really kind of good. Um, Sonny wants Acid Yellow to put him to work. He wants a date yeah. with one of Acid Yellow's male clients, and and Sonny's never never done the men before. Never done the men. And he wants rough trade. Rough trade. I've got some energy, and he loves coca. <laughs> no, he doesn't really love coca. He doesn't have any coca. No. So the John comes in, and he's like, "I've been a bad boy. I need to be punished." And at first, you know, Sonny seems to be going along with it. And then he starts to be like, well, what'd you do that was so bad? And why, why are you being so bad? Sonny ends up kicking the shit out of him while a fifth of Beethoven, <laughs> the, the disco Beethoven song, plays on the soundtrack. Yeah. Again, is this supposed to be funny? Because it is desperately unfunny to have Sonny just beat up a gay man. Right. Just for fucking fun. But you also think that this guy would be like, fuck, I'm getting my money's worth here. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like, holy fuck. I only paid like, 50 for this. God damn, I thought I was getting, like, a dinner theater. I'm getting Marlon fucking Brando <laughs> over here. Jesus. The guy who Acid Yellow has as his henchman is yeah, amazing oh, yeah. looking. 
Like really is. It, it's it's I don't know how many people will get this reference, but in the old Doonesbury comics, there was these drug designers, <laughs> and they had they were this Euro trash, and they had this blow back long hair, and that's what this guy has. But he's huge; he's like Big John Sud's stud size, mm. and he's got like a bright blue suit blazer on. Oh, it's amazing! It, yeah, great, <laughs> great Doonesbury. Hey, somebody go look up the Doonesbury <laughs> drug d- designer from the eighties. So this whole thing plays out like it's comedy, and uh, finally Cage and his henchmen burst in, and Acid hugs hugs the John. It's not your fault. It's not so your fault. Weird. The henchman is beating up Sonny. He drags him out. Sonny finally runs. This is again like shades of both the Drexel Spivey scene with Gary Oldman in True Romance, and also to to the. Alfred Molina scene in Boogie sure. Nights because it's the same thing where he comes in and he's just snorting coke like crazy yeah. and he's gay and there's a whole you know, thing going on. They're running off, getting chased. I even thought there was a little bit of uh, uh, last, exit to, last Exit to Brooklyn, a little bit of trauma oh, yeah. where she just – it's it's a sex worker just, you know, like I don't care about myself. Punish me. Kind right. Of thing. I'm, just like – That's the only way I'm going to feel. Version, death by John. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, to that end, does any of this work? No, no. Uh, not at all. We, all, all we reference much better worked. movies. <laughs> those movies worked brilliantly. This does not. This does not. This is just really crass, garish, unfunny, bad, 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 bad. All right, so scene over. Carol, and this is that's it. That's it. Thanks, thanks, Acid Yellow. We're done. Like this, no, nothing else for the scene. So now back at home, Carol returns. She's packing her stuff. She's leaving forever. Right. Oh, I forgot. You know what we forgot is that like I was so excited to get to Henry's fiery death that we forgot that like right after they have the big scene in the mud where she's they they seem to have like some kind of reconciliation. She wants to be with him forever. She walks in the next day and is like, "Hey, I'm leaving you forever. I'm going to marry some other guy. Like I'm going to I'm going to marry that car dealer." Troy's going to Troy proposed again. I'm going to marry him unless you want to leave too. He's like, nah, I'm yeah. good. Mm. This is the thing. Like, he's not. He doesn't even seem like on the fence. How, is, about how did this like, guy make it through like, basic? He, he just gave yeah. up. Like, so you know, like one setback. Like, okay, that job wasn't there, and a girl I slept with likes cough syrup. So back to being a whore I go, and nothing can ever convince me otherwise. So uh, Carol packs her stuff. She she's ready to leave forever. She cries. Sunny broods. Jules cries. Carol's like, come out with me. I need to talk to you. And basically, it's like, go, go, run now. Don't go back in. We could have made it, you and me. Just run. If you just would have done it, we could have, you know, you can still do it now. And he's just like, no, no, I'm going to stay here. Don't even put your shoes on. Go back, go leave. No, no, no. Take off. So he says, no. He seems like, okay, not going to do it. She drives off. He looks back at the door and he kind of stares at the door and he's sort of contemplating his next move. We cut to her. She's in the car. She's crying her eyes out. Her new fiance is just treating her like a piece of garbage. But she's being resigned now to this new life. So sorry, daddy. But then she sees Sonny running after her. Oh, my God. He's making the run, right? So she leaps out of the car. She runs down to the street. They embrace. They kiss. The screen fades to white. The end. Question mark? No. Cut back to Sonny. Still staring at the door. Still contemplating his next move. Cut to black, the end. So even the decision he finally made wasn't even really a decision. No, dude, I I am firmly believing that that end was just Sonny got locked out one morning, and he imagined (laughs) imagined this whole thing, and that's just that's how his brain works. That's just what he thought about while he was staring at the keyhole. (laughs) Oh my god! Well, Corky, that's the movie. It's Nick Cage's only movie he ever directed and uh, he seems to have no interest in ever doing it again he got it out of his system that's for sure final thoughts on this movie before we banish it to the land of wind and shadows corky it's really hard to describe a movie that just does nothing Mm. and does it poorly again like you said movies don't have to have a lot of story 
Mm-hmm. I like a little. I like uh, I like yeah. some stakes. I like even if you don't have much story. Like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doesn't have much, but it's got a lot of great scenes that build. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like nothing, just nothing interesting is happening. Nothing here. works with the camera, with the performances, with the storytelling, with with any. There's of no it, fleshed yeah. out characters. And again, like I said, you can make movies about ugly people living ugly lives and make it compelling. And if you want to say, yeah, this is all he knows, so they don't question the whole trauma of what he's done or been mm-hmm. through, right? Been made to do. They don't. They just live with that, and nobody, nobody would have the emotional depth to address it. It doesn't make for interesting watching. At least this version didn't. You don't have to have that, it, but call it out. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's 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 just so dry. It's so empty, and and like you say, it's. Centered around this really like revolting premise, which again, a movie can be centered around a revolting premise and be good and even not necessarily be like a, you know, cathartic, you know, really noble piece of work. You know, it can be exploitative, it can be exploitative too, you know, but like, boy, this is nothing. This is nothing. Like, there's not any part of this that works except Harry Dean Stanton. And I firmly believe that was an accident <laughs> on Harry Dean Stanton's part. I think he really, I think he just forgot halfway through a scene. Oh shit. I'm trying not to be so much better that everyone is embarrassed to be on screen with me. Like, and he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. It's not in his nature. He wasn't even in like a movie. They were just like, these were scenes with people eating breakfast with Harry Dean Stanton and people playing cards. That's what it felt yeah. like. That's what it felt like. And I think that's why those scenes works so well you know what i mean just harry just brings that kind of like energy to this it. is whole anyway. conjecture but do you think he was trying to like uh be cassavetes like hearkening that kind of movie um mm. just you know mm-hmm. introspective slow moving movie about people on the margins of society and have harry dean stanton in it <laughs> just like he's trying to tick boxes <laughs> Yeah, this was definitely some boxes ticked. I think the the main box, like I said, was direct a movie at mm. some point in your life. And then, you know, just get it done. Just get the fucking thing yeah. done, however you need to do it. Because it's just, it really just feels so, so slapdash, like you said. Just like, there's no real thought given to like... How the movie looks, or 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 why, you know, like th- there was there's a shot, uh, like where he's coming home at one point, and the camera is like above him as he's walking into the house, and it like tracks like with him, oh, yeah. and it's like it's an overhead shot, and there's like no other shot like it in the entire movie, and it's just a scene of him coming home yeah. and entering the house. It's a nothing scene. Why did you need that for that scene? There's right? a crane. A there's a crane shot when they're picking up the girls at the church. Why? He just felt like sure. There's like five I've, people I've coming into that church. Before. You don't need a crane I've never shot. Done a shot like this. Yeah. Uh, what if we did this? We you got know? a crane it's for like, no. Yeah, go for it. Uh, and, and again, I keep stating it, but it's my biggest theory for Nick Cage. With great directors, he can turn in something amazing when he's not checked. Mm. And this was the ultimate of that. He's now the director. He's got everybody in <sighs> his hands, and it's just garbage. Yeah, chaos. Must have been real chaos on yeah. the set. <laughs> How does he start <laughs> a take? Like. It's amazing they got anything out of this movie altogether. All right. That's our movie, Corky. It's sunny. It's uh <laughs> it it's wasn't. No it the was night so of the, dark. It's it's no the night of the hunter. That I think we will agree on. That is all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel Cage Match. This was episode two in that series. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another Nicolas Cage movie. That'll be three. Until then, be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Like and rate us on your favorite podcast app. If you want to support the show, visit daredaniel.com. Find the donate button. Click support the show in the menu. Corky, you're out there on the mean streets of Bourbon Street. Looking for rough trade. <laughs> what are you up to these days, man? What's going on? Well, I just won a card game that I've never won. I just won some money. Everything's I turning think, up quirky. I think things are turning around for me now. No way someone's just going through a phone book looking up random names to shoot. Uh, that's a reference to The Jerk of another a much better movie. <laughs> Doing shows, man. Fridays and Saturdays, Sacramento Comedy Spot. Come on down. All right. Corky, uh, seriously, though, just, and this is just me talking, like, next next time we record, you really have to have your shoes on. Um, we can't can't have that. 
like um, what we had born in a born I've a barn. been recording yeah. podcasts <laughs> with been... my shoes off since I was a little girl, <laughs> a little baby girl. Oh, my papa told me. I didn't have to wear my shoes because I was just a little girl. I told him he was the best ever for the bondsman. The daddy, daddy. What the fuck? See you next episode. Oh, yes. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. I'm Corky McDonald. We love you. Ever since I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>